Hey there friends, it's Alice. And today I wanna to talk about emotional triggers. And it's because I had a really, really triggering day yesterday. It was insane. And in retrospect, now that I think about everything that did happen, um, I gained a lot more clarity on what my emotional triggers are and how I've been acting them out in really unconscious ways. And I'd like to share that with you. So if you don't know what an emotional trigger is, it's when we become triggered by um, like painful experiences that we had as a child that we didn't have control over. So we came up with the self, um, self-protecting, like self-defense mechanisms that then play out in our personal relationships as adults. Um, some things that can cause emotional triggers are someone rejecting you or leaving, feeling helplessness over painful situations, someone discounting or ignoring you, getting a disapproving look, blaming or shaming, judgment, uh, people being judgmental, someone is being too busy to make time for you, someone's not happy to see you, someone's coming on to you sexually in a needy way, someone is trying to control you, or someone is being needy or trying to smother you. And I got this information from My Body Green from Margaret Hall, I think that's what her name is. Um, and, you know, when I, when I was looking this over, I was like, I think most people have experienced several of these things happening to you. I mean, we all do, right? For me, my biggest trigger would be when someone I care about isn't available and I end up feeling really abandoned by them. So what happened to me was the guy that I'm seeing right now, he was he's uh, he left for a road trip, right? And on a very conscious level, I don't have an issue with that at all because we're, it's fairly new. Um, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. Like, I don't see myself as a needy person, but I always, but <laughs> there's like um, the inner child in me that has this deep fear of abandonment and that plays out. And I have a deep fear of abandonment because my parents did separate for a little bit when I was younger um, and my dad wasn't there for a few years. So even up until like a couple years, like a few years ago, like two years ago, my dad started going on a lot of business trips to China. And I noticed that every time he left and every time he came back, I would have these meltdowns and it was really strange, the timing of it. And now that I feel like I'm in a more aware mindset or yeah, I'm, able, I'm more aware of things, I can make that connection of, oh, my body is responding to this very like, deeply rooted fear of abandonment that's just coming to my conscious level, which is a good thing. And, and the reason why it's coming to, I'm able to connect these dots is because of my mindfulness practice. It creates space for me to explore these deeper um, deeper emotions and deeper thoughts that control me on an unconscious level and to the, to the point of detriment, right? And I need to take my power back. Now, I want to say something about being bipolar and being a love addict. So 
being a love addict means that I I mostly am triggered by things that happen in my interpersonal relationships. And being bipolar means that whatever emotion I feel is always intensified. And I like to make this metaphor, uh, like this metaphor for what mental illness is. Because when I tell people I'm bipolar, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, everyone feels like that. Everyone feels happy and sad. And I'm not invalidating you. You should have, it's healthy for people to have a wide range of emotions. It's just that if you're bipolar, the intensity of those uh, of those emotions make it really hard for you to function in day-to-day life. It hinders you from having a job. It hinders you from having good, healthy relationships. It hinders you from um, interacting with the world like people without that illness would have. So it's like having two legs, but but they're broken. Okay. And when I tell someone else, I'm like, oh, I can't walk because my legs don't work. And you invalidate me and you would just be like, but you have two legs. Why can't you? Well, it's because my, my legs are broken. My brain's something's wrong with my brain. That's what makes it an illness. And so when you have bipolar and you have love addiction, those things combined means that yesterday I woke up feeling really fucking suicidal and my brain was on fire. I, I woke up and I I just like knew I had to get out of the house because I was like, I feel like I'm going to hurt myself. So I ended up going to my parents' house for a little bit and I kind of, I kind of calmed down when I was there. And then around four o'clock after I'd been there for a few more hours, I started getting really, really agitated again. And I was like, okay, I can't stay here either. So I came back to my place and I took uh, my emergency antipsychotic Zeprexa and I took the full tab because I, I honestly, I, the, my, I don't know, like I felt like jumping out of my skin. It was, and I've had these things happen before. These things do happen to me, but it was so painful. And I wanted, I didn't know where to get that anger out. So I ended up calling my best friend. It was hysterically. And I was like, this is happening to me. I don't know what to do. And they helped me like breathe through it. And, um, they just listened to me and that's kind of when I realized, oh, it's because the guy, he's leaving on a trip and it triggered something really deeply inside me. And now I'm, my body is literally reacting in such a, in such an intense way, in kind of a psychotic way. So that was interesting. It's interesting to be able to identify what causes your triggers. And once I was able to do that, things felt so much better. And I ended up texting him because I kind of sent like a little snooty text. Um, So I was just like, I don't want to act out like this. Because in the past, what I would do is blame it all on the guy, all that rage, all that anger, all that fear driven emotions. I would project that onto the guy or not project. I would take it out on the guy. And of course, that's not, that's not nice. That's, that's abusive, right? To take out your negative emotions that have nothing to do with the the other person and take it out on them. Like that is not okay. And then he asked, you know, is there anything I can do? So I was like, yes. Can you just sit by me? 
and he did and I talked about it I, I was like this is why I'm acting this way this is why you know I'm feeling this way whatever it's very important to me that I that I can speak about my emotional experiences and know that I'm being heard I feel like that is what I need foremost in anything that is the intimacy that I seek and then there's the physical stuff too and we had sex and I felt a lot better and sex isn't always a solution to everything and it would be bad if I equated sex with with love or something but for me it's more of like it's an enjoyable thing and it's it's another way of connecting but it's not my it's not my number like I don't think about it as much as you think I would for me it's more the emotional and the intellectual bond um, and because I took that antipsychotic, I ended up passing out for the next 15 hours. And when I woke up, my brain was reset back into fairly normal mode. That's why it's important if you think you're bipolar to seek out professional help. Medication is, I know a lot of people are suspicious of, of medications, but for me straight up, I, when I have moments like I did yesterday, when my brain, like, I am so not in control of my body. I don't know. I am a danger to myself, and I'm very aware that I'm a danger to myself, and it's very scary. And if medicine can help you with that, then then I think that's something to consider. I think, the, I think that we need to start seeing um, when we respond negatively or when we respond angrily or in fear, we need to be able to reframe that experience as an opportunity for growth. Um, so, so that we can be better next time. And I realize that when I'm emotionally triggered, I get angry, needy. Sometimes I get compliant a lot of the times I just shut down and I withdraw from the person. Um, you blame someone else or you turn to attention. These are all things that people do when they're emotionally triggered, right? And those things don't feel good. It does not feel good to be angry. It does not feel good to blame somebody, you know. So let's reframe this situation and let's find another way to look at it and see it as a... A spiritual opportunity for growth and the re the way that you can do this is developing awareness developing awareness you develop awareness by practicing mindfulness and it just works it works like meditating five days a week or five days a day for eight weeks and you will find such a tremendous shift in your life it is going to be saying you start being more emotionally aware of yourself and also more with other people too and you start taking things less personally and I know that what happened yesterday it sucked it was really painful and it was a manifestation of my mental illness for sure but me being aware of me being aware of what was happening and not making it about another person and knowing I have the power to um, take control of the situation is very empowering, very empowering. Knowing that, okay, this guy didn't do anything wrong. I, I'm not being, um, I'm not being a brat. I'm not trying to be, 
nuisance to anybody with how I'm feeling. This is I'm feeling this way because of something that happened to me as a child. And I need to go to that inner child part of me and tell her, hey, this isn't the same thing. Nobody's abandoning you. You know, you're going to be okay. And telling myself that. And the inner child's like, oh, okay. And you, you start seeing things like from a more clear perspective. But you need to be able to witness the situation, observe the situation and not become completely, not fall into it. You know, you need to be able to detach your, your, I don't know, your consciousness from what's actually happening. And it's hard. And so that's why you need to practice it. It's not something that just happens overnight, you know? Um, I don't know. So that's, that's my reflection on things. I, I hope it's helpful. I think a lot of people, I think everybody has emotional triggers. Obviously no one's ever had a, there's no such thing as perfect. There's no, you know, we're all fucked up in different ways to different extents and, um, Nobody wants to feel bad, you know, and that's why I want to talk about it. Like, I don't like feeling bad. I don't like feeling angry. I don't, I want things to be harmonious. And so whenever things like this do come up, I, I see it as a place for exploring. And now that I, now that I am accepting the fact that I have this deep fear of abandonment, I can focus more on, okay, what are things that I can do now so I don't feel abandoned, you know, and, and honestly, the solution to that is finding more of what I like to do and doing that instead of focusing on the other person and let the other person do what they need to do and staying focused on my journey. And it's hard for me to do that sometimes in, um, in these settings, you know, intimate settings. And so I have to keep going to meetings and all of that, but you need, basically what I'm saying is like, you need to take responsibility and take control of that, even if you are mentally ill. And I know a lot of people hesitate to tell mentally ill people to try harder because that's not, yeah, you don't just tell somebody like, try harder when they have mental illness. But I am telling you that you, you like, you have to, you're, you're the one responsible, you know, that's just the way you're made. That's the way God made you. And you can't continue to be a victim of it. Or you can be, but you're still going to be miserable. And I feel like I can say it because, of course, people, you know, some people have worse, worse, like, cases than me. But I know what it's like to feel out of control of your own emotions and having that much intensity that you seriously feel like a danger to yourself and to others. And if you have episodes like that, realize that that's not normal. First of all, that's not normal. So go talk to a professional. Don't be so, don't let your fear of medication prevent you from living your best life. Because I swear to God, without my medications, I would not, I would not be okay. And so just like even yesterday, knowing I was going crazy out of my mind, I knew that if I took the Zyprexa, I was going to be okay. And that's powerful. It's powerful. It's like having a, um, it's like resuscitating a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. So I really urge, I really urge people to take 
these things whenever bad things happen or whenever triggering things happen to take it back under control and try to find find what that root problem is rather than focusing on what you think the other person did wrong hopefully that makes that makes sense that was the moral of of today all right thank you for listening